What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm Jamal Bandy. Thank you so much for tuning in to these, I think now two, two clips, two very extensive clips dealing with this subject of whether or not a pastor should be the only ones baptized the new converts. I hope you've been enjoying the conversation. I'm still looking forward to you guys' feedback. Let me know what you guys think about this particular subject. We got two more recordings coming your way, this particular episode and another one, all releasing at the same time so you guys can check it out just before the Christmas holiday. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys have a very, very Merry Christmas. And um, and I, I don't think I would do anything before new year so i'll go ahead and say have a happy new year as well and don't forget about the the giveaway that prescribed truth is doing july not july january 3rd will be the cutoff and that'll be the anniversary of when prescribed truth first began in 2017 so if you haven't entered into the contest please do so the link is in the show notes as well as the giveaway for the Christian podcast community. Now that'll be going on for a little bit longer. So please enter it as well. There's many ways to enter into that and also to build up your entry points. You don't want to forget those things. Rack up, rack up, rack up. All right. So with that being said, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and bounce out of here. And I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, like I said already. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Grace and peace. Yeah, for real. And so, um, so yeah, and so Edwin just gave a spoiler alert. So if anybody didn't tune in before then, <laughs> so sorry. So, but it's it's all good. It's like so I'm I'm building up to that point because we're seeing that these people who are disciples they hear the gospel, but we see what their responsibility is that they're living a life that displays the faith that they have in Christ and they're loving yeah. one another, right? So are they being obedient to? Are they being are are they being obedient to the call of God as far as how they live? And according to Paul, they are. He doesn't, and, it's, and I want to draw this out. This is me thinking. Now, this isn't me and Edwin Cahoot or anything like that. This is me thinking. We don't see, I don't see Paul here. Now, I'm not saying this is not anywhere else, but just here saying that because of you spreading the, you know, you, do, you know, because you're making disciples. I heard of how you're making other disciples and everything else. He's saying that, you know, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and we, and the love that you have for the saints. And we're seeing a responsibility here. But then this is other individual we're going to get to. So like who's who's going to make disciples? I know it just not it can't be just the, the 11 and Paul who was given the commission to go make disciples. It has to be others as well. Who's making disciples? Who's taking part in all of this? He says um, they heard the, they heard of the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you. Verse six, which has come to you just as in all the world. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even at it even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras our our beloved fellow bond servant who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf and i'm like whoa so Epaphras wasn't one of the like Epaphras wasn't one of the the eleven. He wasn't one of the, the the disciples who got the direct great commission. But we see an example of someone other than the apostles making disciples, right? That's that could be that's a fair assumption, right? So the, yeah, but then, then but not only that. So they, so is it fair to say that he that he did witness to them because they heard the message, they learned it from him, they learned the gospel from him. Right. They heard it from him. 
they learned it from him. So it's fair to say that he was the evangelist. He, he, you know, he spoke to them and everything witnessed to them, but he's also discipling them because he is a pastor as well. He's pastoring them, watching over them. And they and they are, and it's working It's effective because Paul has heard of their faith and their love for one another. So it's, it's legit. So this is, this is a legit pastor. Um, but Paul calls himself a fellow bond servant who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the spirit. So the reason why I want to read that is just, I wanted to ask this question. I want to ask this question. <clears throat> so making disciples, baptizing, teaching all that I've commanded you. That's a, that's in the great commission, right? That's given to the 11. But we yeah. see an example here of, we know Paul is one of the, he, he gets called by God, right? So we know he's, he's an apostle called directly by Jesus. He fulfills, he takes part in that commission of going to make disciples, right? Timothy's an example. You read it earlier. Timothy wasn't like an apprentice that he's a disciple of Paul. He was making, Paul made disciples. And so he made disciples and so on and so forth. But then we see, okay, we know, so making disciples isn't, uh, the point I was wanting to make, and I'll get to it, I'm getting kind of tongue-tied here, is that it wasn't just to the apostles that's going to make disciples. And this is something I asked earlier. I was like, well, if if baptism is only for the only for leadership in the church, then then by definition, then, I mean, well, not definition, but by logic, in my logical reasoning, well, it, it, making disciples could only be for for the uh, leaders. Like we shouldn't be trying to make disciples, or we shouldn't be we we are we shouldn't be making disciples because. We're not baptizing. And then therefore, in like you said earlier, the teaching responsibility, the primary teaching responsibility is to the leaders. So like, why are we doing the teaching everything else? But if the, but if it's true that the great commission is meant to be given as a body of work done by the body and, and uh, specific parameters of how it's going to be uh, fleshed out, then it makes sense that even the lay member, even the lay member in the church has a responsibility to share his faith, his or her faith. And therefore, and then people and people come alongside, and therefore, by just just by nature, you're going to make a disciple. You know, saying so if a person the Lord saves them, they will be a disciple of God. But then they go along the church, but that discipling doesn't stop because it's continued with the local church. It's you know, it's, it's it, it, am I heading in the right direction here? Am, am I is it making sense what I'm getting at, or something you want to add to that? Yeah. So like, um, and that and that's where Ephesians comes into play, where. You know, there's there's different gifts that God has given to the church. So some have the gift of hospitality, some have the gift of giving, some have the gift of mercy, some have the gift of, you know, speaking. The you know, prophesying is called, uh, which is the preaching ministry. Um, and so so there's different gifts that God has given to the church, right? Um, for for lay people as well as for elders and you know, the body of Christ. And so through those gifts, we're to be good stewards over them and be faithful with, you know, our our little plot of land, you know? So like, I'm not, I'm not a pastor of my church, but I am in my home in a, in, in, in a respect, you know? I'm the, the husband of my home. And so I need to make sure that with my responsibility as a husband, I'm being a good steward of that. And, and this is another thing, bro. This is why I think it does get into, uh, it, it becomes covered into because, um, which which is my, uh, I, I, I get to be a, a little uh, unbalanced, not unbalanced. I get to be, uh, what's the word? 
I, I'm like a, 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 a Baptist that is uh, a Presbyterian. <laughs> I'm a Presbyterian Baptist. <laughs> I was trained as a Baptist, but man, I, I just, my leanings are Presbyterian in so many ways. Like when we talk about the emphasis of um, the covenant, when we, when we, Treat our children uh, anyway. I'm going. I'm anyway. I'm going off base. I'm going off base. Let's let's go back. Uh, good, 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 man. <laughs> I, I just think that the, the the importance of discipling our families and our children and teaching them um, in respect to obey all that God has commanded in His Word um, is is also how the gospel is spread throughout the nations. Mm. Um, and it's how we, how how um, generations, you know, are reached beyond the immediate context. So a lot of times we think too, like, I got to go hit the block. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Like God in the scriptures, God deals with families, right? And and head, like when He's talking to Israel, there's different head heads that represent. You know the tribe of Dan, the tribe of this, the tribe of that. Like those are those are representatives of like clans and families, and so we we are we we are to be good shepherds over that in which God has given us, and as we do that, that actually spreads out, right? And so a lot of times, I'm not saying forsake the block, you know, right, or forsake right. the, Almost, the subway, of course. You know what I'm saying? But we should make sure that our home, and that's the same thing with the pastor, right? How can he be a pastor of God's church if he can't even be a shepherd of his own home? Mm. Like, make sure your home is right. Make sure you're discipling your home, right? Because, especially if you have children, because those are the arrows that go out to the nations. Right. That's huge, bro. Amen, bro. Amen. (laughs) You you saying something, man? You going you going there? That's that's proverbial life, man. You, it, it, it's something you said earlier. Um, before I want I want to touch on what you said concerning the having those responsibilities and and the impact that it actually has. And so, well, I guess if I go ahead and say it now, so it's just like what, what how Paul was commending the Colossians for the faith that he's heard of their faith in Christ, which that can be how fathers are leading their homes. How fathers are being, how how they're shepherding their their, their wives and their their children, right? Um, that's that's that it, just, it, it comes into play, comes yeah. Into, I mean, a, it, it, and maybe you and maybe you don't have children, but you're a, you're a single, right? And so how so how are you living your life? How's your how is the faith in Christ being displayed throughout your life wherever you find yourself? In, I guess I should say. So so is it safe to say? And I think you said something like this earlier, because uh, you yeah I think I remember some of the quote. And I wanted to try to remember it earlier, but I couldn't. Where you said the Great Commission isn't about about an individual um, fulfillment, so or fulfilling it, an individual fulfilling it. And so, basically, the body of Christ as a whole fulfills the Great Commission. Is that is that a fair? Yeah. The yeah the the body of Christ is continually continually fulfilling, fulfilling the Great Commission. The Great Commission, it, right? In in one respect. Uh, when it comes to the original context in which the disciples were called to fulfill the Great Commission, they they did in, in the initial respect, right? Like go out to Jerusalem, Judea, to all the all the world, you know. Like uh, 
who was it? I think it was Philip or no, was it, it was uh, Nathaniel. I think Nathaniel was straight in India, you know, and, and, and got, got killed in India. Like if you read the, the Fox's book of martyrs, like the, the like they, they spread out, you know, to, to all the other parts of the world as it were, like, obviously there's still unreached places, but when we talk about like the, 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 the call that Christ had for the disciples, like, in one respect, they fulfilled that, but, or, or along with that, the blood of the martyrs is actually the, the seed of the church. Like the, mm. from, from their death, their blood being spilt, it's like their blood went into the ground and God raised up like bodies, you know, for his glory mm. to go out and share the gospel. And and that's what I mean. Like, and that's the beauty of the gospel, bro. That's why, that's why, bro, that's one of the reasons why I'm post-millennial in my eschatology, because I believe that the gospel will overcome the nations, right? And and because it will overcome the nations, Christ is going to be magnified in the world, this is my position, oh, yeah. prior to his return, mm-hmm. right? So, so... So anyway, that that's why it's important. So a part of the Great Commission is sharing the gospel, but it's also like Christ said, like let your light shine right before the nation. So at my job, this is another thing, bro. This is so important, bro. This is huge. There, there is no. This is this is debatable. It actually deals with this in this article, but one can argue, bro, that there is no call of an evangelist Ooh, okay all right like like that like there's no there's no call like there's no special call of an evangelist you're called to be a light in the midst of darkness you're called to be faithful with what god has given right but but there is no like ordination of an evangelist now i know there is but that's illegitimate you know like so okay, so you're going to the territory there. I want to. I want no, no, no. But that's good though because this is something that needs to be talked about. I, I didn't realize how much it needed to be talked about until you brought it up. The um. But before we go there, uh, I wanted to. Oh man, what was that? So you said something. Okay, I want to let the people know something. Um, concerning eschatology, concerning the end times, I haven't done much on my channel. I think I've mentioned a couple of times probably where I stood or that I was seeking, and I'm still like when it comes to eschaton, the end. I, I'm not settled on the position. I would lean more Amil, but I know there are more that there's some other nuances within all of that, you know, saying that I haven't gotten into. And that's something that me and Edwin was going to get together and do a discussion about later on, which I look forward to. And so when he says, uh, when he says he's post mill, uh, he leans more post mill. I want my viewers to know that this is not, that's not a position that I necessarily will hold to now. I'm not saying I will, will not later or what it may be. Um, and that's something we may or may not disagree on. We haven't had the conversation in depth, but like, cause I think it's a beautiful idea when you think about, uh, I think I heard Matt Slick say this before. It's like, I think, I think, um, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote Matt Slick. I don't know if he's pre-mill or I-mill, but I know he's not post-mill cause he, he's, he says he's more pessimistic in his view. So yeah, he's I-mill. So, okay. So he's I-mill. Okay. Thank you. And so, so I know he was like, he would say, which I would, I would agree with him and says, it sounds beautiful. 
the post mill position and hearing you say that it sounds beautiful. Just don't know if I would agree with how it shows up in the text. And that's why that's something I just want to look more into. And we're not sure. and we're not getting to eschatology here. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just I want my viewers yeah. to know this is where I stand with this. For those who do see this, that you know I'm not uh, I'm not concrete on where I stand in these areas. I'm still searching these areas. So therefore, that's why I ha I don't have a video on anything in times on my channel just yet. Now, man, I really yeah. I really want to do man because like. End times is so fascinating how it is in scripture, man. It's so fascinating. I don't want to go off into a tangent because I can I can talk all day about that. But um And the and the only reason I brought that up is because we talked we 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 talked about um um uh, making disciples. And how it goes on. Um, these have implications. Like what we're talking about has implications into where we stand theologically. And all this stuff, man, it 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 ties into each other. Right. You know what I mean? And and it would make sense that it does because like if if you're like your hermeneutical like perspective, it's like a strand, like you know a string. Like if you pull it, if it's not secure somewhere, and you pull it. Depending on where it's not secure, your whole system unravels. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So like it all it all ties together. I'm smiling, man, because Saints Edified came in to some heretics. Shake my head. I see it. <laughs> Arturo, man, what up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> come in, come in with some thunder. Okay, let me say this. He's uh, uh, he's joking, guys. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So so that was my thing, man. Like when we talk about making disciples, that looks different. That looks different, man. That looks different. That looks different based on your giftings. That looks different based on your placement in God's sovereignty. That looks different based on you know um, your health. That looks different. And so I think this could free Christians up too, man. When we talk about making disciples, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's not dependent on you, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a robust understanding of God's sovereignty, He's going to save His elect. Mm -hmm. He's going He's going to save the elect. Anyone, he isn't going to lose any. Jesus says that I lost none. Yo, let's go, bro. Yeah. Let's get it. Yo, <laughs> G, yo, this is deep, man. Jesus says, I lost none that you have given me except the son of perdition in which the scriptures speak of. Right? So, so Jesus isn't going to lose any of his elect. All that the father gave the son, he redeems for his glory and the means by which that happens is the preaching of the gospel. In that verse in Colossians, he says, um, he talks about the hearing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the gospel isn't done in like acting, mm. like his word, there's words, mm. like, you know, Acts, uh, Romans 10, how can they hear, hear <laughs> unless someone is sent? Uh. So, so the means by which we accomplish the Great Commission is by opening our mouths. Mm. You would talk that talk, boy. <laughs> yeah, God, man. Talk that talk, Edwin. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a beautiful truth, man. It's beautiful truth. So it definitely, man, that's, that's beautiful, man. And so, um, ah, bro, okay, so. Once again, going back, I don't, I don't, yeah, we're not going. We're not going to make it through the article, bro. <laughs> no, no, we that, did. We scratched no, that. That was scratched a, a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, the first line. <laughs> all right, so, all right, 
So the Great Commission, just giving a recap of what we're talking about, just for anyone coming in or don't listen to this later, in case maybe just, just throwing it out there. So we're talking about the Great Commission. Um, giving understanding and giving, okay, baptizing, um, teaching, disciple making. We got, when Jesus gave that Great Commission, he's giving it to the body, giving it to the body. All right. You know, saying so therefore, whether I may make a disciple doesn't necessarily mean that I should feel a conviction or feel like I'm uh, unfulfilled because I didn't participate in the baptism or do the baptism or continue being the one that they come to for all their teaching as far as all that Christ has commanded. You know, so because that's a work of the body as a whole. And this is the beauty of the, having a local church. And this is man, for those of the, for those of you who feel like they shouldn't have a local church like this right here. Like just about how the Great Commission is fulfilled. Like this should really plug people. This should really like convict people to be plugged into a local church. You know what I'm saying? Because this is where discipling continues. And you and I love what you mentioned earlier, bro, about the gifts, the different gifts in Ephesians. We talk about some have the gift of mercy. I was, bro, like in the past, I'm like, man, okay, how are these gifts manifest? Like, like what is this? Like, okay, this is just people things people do. But you could be discipled in those areas. You got somebody who's who's exceptional when it comes to mercy. Like you just, they just, man, they just, they just know how to show mercy. Even though all of us being in Christ, we should show mercy because we're shown mercy, right? right. But there's somebody who just has a gift of the just showing mercy or hospitality. You know, they, they when you come to their home, they just, man, they just, like you just feel like you just like you've lived there all your life, and you know, you know, what I'm yeah. saying like they just family, and they just that's just how they are, man. And you, but they can disciple you in that area, even because all of it. All of it is about making us disciples because in touching every area of our life, the proverbial life, all of Christ for all of life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's beautiful, man. And honestly, having this conversation make, gives me a, a more appreciation, a, a, a deeper appreciation for the Great Commission, actually. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. actually, and honestly, if I, if I be honest on how I feel as having this conversation, and that it makes me feel like it, it, it takes the burden off. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, like these Colossians, they live in their lives. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're living their lives. They're, they're, they're displaying the faith of Christ. And we don't, we're not told whether or not they're witnessing and sharing, but because of their faith is growing, people are hearing about their faith. So honestly, it's spreading. Something is spreading right. about their faith, you know, and, it's, and it could be that they're sharing it, you know what I'm saying? But the burden is lifted off and saying, like, man, this is all me. Like I, I am responsible for the whole of the Great Commission. And I like no, like you know, saying so. When I go to sleep at night, have I am I have I fulfilled the great commission? And like you said, it's not about me fulfilling the great commission. God is going right. to God is going to fulfill this great commission. It's all it's, it's going to be done because He's sovereign. But He's but He yeah. the means He's using it is the entire body. And this is and this yep. is where I'm gaining. So you know, saying so this is where I'm, I'm just I'm giving you guys right now a run through of how my mind is processing this information. I mean, we've been talking about tonight. And, um, yeah, I, that, I think that's an important word means, right? Because um, I think, man, it's encouraging because, um, you know, it isn't, it is it, this, none of this is dependent on us, right? Um, yeah. And, 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 and so the, a couple of things that's important to, to, to say, we shouldn't be ashamed of Christ, Right. We should live, and this is New Testament, we, sh- we shouldn't be ashamed of Christ, and we should live in such a way that makes us distinctly different from the world, right? And, and what that looks like is, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you know, anyway, it, it looks different. That looks different as well, you know? 
It could be in the little things like, oh, like you you homeschool your kids. Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now this is an opportunity to share our allegiance to Christ. Mm. Right? Oh, 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 you have a podcast? What do you what do you talk about? You talk about apologetics? Oh, that's strange. Why? Now this is an opportunity. You see, so no matter whatever sector of life you're in, all of it as believers, we're going to be different because we've been changed by the spirit. We we're a new creation. We're not the same people we used to be. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So so now when people inquire about our convictions about you guys go to church every Sunday, why? Like, you know, whatever the case is, um, as believers, we're going to talk to them about Christ. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want to, I, I want to emphasize that because I think there are some people who think like, Oh, you ain't hitting the block like me, or you're not sharing the gospel as much as me. Then then you ain't really making disciples. And it's like, that looks different for all of us mm. because all of us have different giftings. All of us have different, um, you know, we're all different and we're all unique. Now, could it be that you need to stop being a coward and open your mouth for Jesus when you're at your work? Yeah. You know, and that's something that the spirit of God will convict you of. You know how many times I left work and think to myself, man, I just feel convicted, man. I was ashamed of Christ. Lord, if you ever give me an opportunity to make that right, I promise I will. Mm. And guess what? The spirit of God brings up another opportunity and I do it. Man. You know, and that's and that's just goes like I'm I'm looking. I keep going back to the Colossians because of the group in Colossians because of their faith was hurt. It it was heard about their faith, you know, saying so like you said, like the workplace, this opportunity comes up. You live in your life, you know, because because we have a worldview now. We have a worldview. So everything that's affected by everything in our life is affected by our worldview. Like you mentioned about homeschooling children and why based on the worldview and you know how you see things. So that's your opportunity to share this faith that by which you stand, this trust. And therefore people here, they see your faith worked out by what you do. And they hear of your faith as you tell them the reasons why you do what you do, the hope that's within you. Therefore the opportunities arise for the possibility of making disciples. And so it's possible that while living life, live, just living life, we can in turn yet still make disciples and it may not be at the rate of the next person because Jesus doesn't tell us this is at the rate that it's going to be or needs to be. You know, we're not given that, but we are told that we do have responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Jesus talks about it, and this goes to every believer. Like you said, let your light shine into all the world. He says, hey, no one sets a candle in the room and then puts, up, puts anything over it to cover up the light. They, they leave it open so it can, they can light up the whole room. You know what I'm saying? So we, uh, you know, so it doesn't, um, they don't hide the light. So therefore, we shouldn't hide our light, you know? And, and and I think it's very significant too, man, in Revelation where Jesus says, good and faithful what? What does he call them? Servant. He doesn't say good and faithful, you know, evangelist, good and faithful pastor. Like, like, yeah, you were that. Like, you were a pastor. You were a homeschool mom. But you were a servant and you were faithful where God placed you. Hmm. Like, and and faithfulness, man. This is so this is so convicting because obviously faith, faithfulness means to be full of faith, right? So so it's the idea of someone who lives by faith, right? 
So the just shall live by faith alone. Whenever we are not, um, whenever we sin, we we are lacking the faith to trust God, to believe God. Mm. So when we when we don't open our mouths to work, you know, because we're ashamed and we don't know what people are gonna say about right. it, like we're we're not being faithful. Mm. Mm. Like we're not we're not we're not walking in faith. Ooh. But but God by His Spirit will produce that in us. Mm. Now there's gonna be times when we're not faithful, but in the process of sanctification, he's he's not gonna say to some Christians on the day we see him, you know, oh, you weren't faithful. Like he's producing faithfulness in us, Ooh. even though we we may not have been as faithful as we could have. This is this is so important, bro, because this this is this is what I mean, bro. Like it's less about us than we think, mm. right? Because even even we know this from Ephesians two, right? Even the good works that we do are works that we walk into. Amen, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I gotta read that verse from Ephesians nine, bro. Bro, Ephesians two eight nine, two eight nine and ten. Bro, bro, man, I gotta read it now. That it's so, okay. and this is beautiful, man. This is beautiful. Okay, so Ephesians 2. 2, 8, 9, and 10. 8, 9, and 10. Let's get it. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Wait a minute. We were created in Christ, created in for Christ what? for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would no, we might. We <laughs> might walk. We we might walk in them. No, he said so that we would walk in them. Man, that's that's a, that's yeah. a promise, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man. And, and, and like. That's the thing, man. Like we were, we were created. I mean, that's what the passage says. We were, and that's the thing, man. Like the, that creation is a new creation. Like we're born above. So we we are a new creation in Christ Jesus for the express purpose of doing good works, right? For good works. So so we can't not do good works. Ooh. That's, that's beautiful, man. Uh, real quick, real quick. Ivan said, uh, Ivan, formerly known as Mr. and Mrs. Draper, says, thanks for touching on this. No problem, bro. He says, definitely a battle for me. And I want, I, I, I want to just focus on that comment because, bro, this is a battle for us all. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? This, like, I don't think anybody have it down packed. But I know, I know brothers you look at who can share the gospel like ain't nobody's business yet. There's still, there's still some level of fear. And uh, Ray Comfort even like, man, you look at him, man, you're like, man, dude ain't got a scared bone in his body going up to people, you know what I'm saying? But even he admits and admissions that sometimes, yes, sometimes, yes, but he recognized that it's more important. Like what's this, it's like, like everyone says, it's being faithful, being faithful to God, you know, and like, like the word, like God says, man, like we shouldn't fear, we shouldn't fear the one who can harm the body, but the one who can harm the body and yet the soul. You know, so I, you know, I fear I, more fear in God, more fear and reverence for God than for man. Um, Saints edified points. Oh, you, oh, so you posted the scripture? Cool, man. I was gonna read it because he, um, say Second Timothy two eight through ten. 
Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. Amen. Man, no maybes in that. Yes. No maybes in that, man. It's a, it's a definite atonement, man. And so, like this, this, this conversation, guys. Um, those tuning in, I know you look at the title. It says "Talking Pastoral Ministry." This, all this, we're talking about. It, it, it's, it's still dealing with the pastoral ministry. I know we're talking about, you know, responsibility as Christians as far as sharing the gospel and everything else. But the reason why it was titled um, having a uh, talking pastoral ministry is because we were dealing with an article originally <laughs> dealing with an article that's, that's talking about should sacraments be done by leaders in the church? You know, is that is that how it should be administered? And I'm paraphrasing the title of the article, you know, saying and so that's how we started off in the very first line of the article kind of set the, set the blaze or not the very first line of the article, but the very first line that we started reading set the blaze for this whole conversation we're in now where it talks, where the, the author of the article insists that the, um, the ordinances, the sacraments be done by ordained ministers, ordained ministers, period. So we got into a conversation about, okay, what does that mean? What is an ordained minister according to scripture versus what is the culture, what is in the culture and various types of churches and denominations and everything else. And then onto there, what is considered the ordinance? Like is a wedding an ordinance or is it a ceremony? Same thing with a funeral and so on and so forth. And then, you know, and it broke off from there. And so I just want to give, give you guys who are listening now, just, a um, you know, just a, a yep. just an idea of what we were talking about and how we got to this point that we're talking about now. So, um, so paying backing up, backing up, you mentioned about evangelists. You said evangelists isn't, a, isn't, a, isn't an office or something that somebody can be ordained into. Um, and I, bro, and I know that's, that's not what our, a lot of our cultures and denominational churches would say, you know, you have people who are ordained evangelists. They hold, they hold services just to give them a certificate to call them evangelists, such as such. Sure. And a lot of a lot of churches, honestly, I'm and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight up. This is what I believe that people do. A lot of churches who know that they shouldn't have women as pastors in a church, they give her an evangelist title in order to give her a title, some kind of teaching role in the church. And so, therefore, she's she's given the role of an evangelist because it's not a pastor. You know, we're not calling her pastor. We're not calling her an apostle or a bishop. But she is an evangelist. You know, uh, you know, or an elder. Not calling her elder, but they calling her an evangelist. All right. So it's, uh, give me more on that, man. Like, uh, so that we know we see in the scripture about the fivefold ministry and gifts, right? We see, you know, God <laughs> gave, and we call it fivefold ministry and gifts, you know, like that. And so, <laughs> so we see the apostle, God gave some apostles, God gave some prophets, some evangelists. We see evangelists right there, bro. And it's in the same line with the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, then you got pastor, teacher. So, like, if the pastor pastoral role was one that's ordained, the apostle was a role that was ordained, the prophet was a role that was ordained, part is given by God, directly by God, in a sense, and then you got the pastoral role that you have to be ordained into. What about this evangelist role? Like, why isn't that, why isn't that different from the other, uh, other four? Yeah, that's good, man. And honestly, I need to – so when I, I first read that in this article, and I said, ooh – I need to look into that some more um, because 
I, I, when you look at that passage in Romans, I never, I never, how he breaks it down in this article, which I posted in the link um, on your Facebook page, how he breaks it down is that the, what, what passage is that? Let me go to it real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's Romans. What passage was how far, that? The, um, the gifts. The one you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that was Ephesians or yes, Romans? Ephesians uh, 4, I believe. Four. Oh, okay. 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 Therefore, prisoner. Um, uh, verse 11. <clears throat> Okay. Um, All right. So he gave and he gave the apostles. Right. So this is speaking of Christ. Verse 10, who who descended into, let me see, who descended, excuse me, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above this. Yeah, that's a beautiful passage, man. Mm -hmm. Like when, when, when he, um, all right, so let me read it. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. And he gave. So what's beautiful about this picture, man, is that Christ plunders Satan, right? Mm-hmm. He, he he plunders him. And, and, and when Christ rises from the grave, bro, he, he distributes gifts to the body. <laughs> it's like he, it's like, it's like he robbed he it's not like he robbed Satan of his power. He took the power away from Satan. This is this is another interesting point back to eschatology, but um talking about Satan being bound. He he's bound to deceive the nations. So he can no longer deceive the nations. Okay, anyway, that's another point. But but he he distribute he rises from the grave, he distributes these gifts to the body. And it says in verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, when we look at the, the apostles, there there are no modern-day apostles, right? So, so again, keep in context that um, a lot of this, this is being written, like this is history in the making as Paul is writing to these churches. So, so a lot of the, um, a lot of their familiarity would be with, you know, old, old covenant, you know, um, old Testament, like this, you know, even when he writes to Timothy, he says all scripture is inspired by God and given by inspiration, you know, like that's primarily speaking in Timothy's context of the old Testament, but it doesn't exclude the new Testament in its, fulfillment as the canon comes to its you know its fullness like that doesn't mean that the new testament isn't inspired by god but when paul is writing to timothy that's primarily what timothy has in mind as he's talking about that because the new testament is still being developed you know mm-hmm. um so when we look at this like he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists like epaphras wasn't an apostle uh, Epaphras wasn't an apostle, uh, an evangelist. With Timothy, it says that he was to do the work of an evangelist, but it never says of a lay person that they are to do the work of an evangelist. Hmm. Um, like the the anytime, like we are we are called to evangelize, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it doesn't say that we're to do the work of an evangelist. That's speaking to Timothy, that he's to do the work of an evangelist. Um, so how he broke it down in the article is that those uh, like apostle, prophets, and evangelists, like Philip was an evangelist, 
right? Uh, he was also a deacon. Mm-hmm. So, so evangelists, apostles, prophets, all those were in direct connection with the signed gifts. So, so Philip, as an evangelist, also was able to do signed gifts, you know, uh, and 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 therefore display the authenticity of his message by the works that he, you know, by the miracles that Christ did through him. Mm. Um, but the shepherd <clears throat> teacher is something that is continual in the body of Christ, you know, as as we see it in his fruition, uh, that we have shepherds and teachers. So anyway, I, all that being said, I need to look into that whole evangelist thing. Yeah, I, and I see, I see the point you're drawing from it, and, and, that's, and that's interesting because I was – I would have wondered prior to this conversation, um, how would the evangelist fall in that? Because I know we have conversation about the apostle role and the, the prophet role is done away. Um, Paul is clear that he was the final apostle. Uh, he was the last one that was called. Uh, John was the last one that lived. And so uh, so that was it. After John passed away, that was it. And then as far as the apostles goes, um, during Jesus' time, there were prophets. Even when Jesus walked on the earth, there was prophets that was then. And then uh, we see in the uh, New Testament after Jesus, there were still prophets then too. Um, but the sense is that what they were proclaiming was a lot different than what you see in the Old Testament times. Even and what you don't what you don't see in the New Testament is prophets doing things or being used in the same way they were used in Old Testament times. Um, you mm-hmm. know, having to lay on their side for this many days to prophesy this to Israel or to um, to eat this. You know, saying like. <laughs> Man, I, but Jeremiah had it, boy. <laughs> the, uh, we, but um, like like the, to all these things, man. So like it weren't used in the same way. So we see already kind of a diminishing of that of that um, particular office of how it's being used. And we see Hebrews gives us the closing of the prophets. In my opinion, is that when Hebrews one tells us that the, in in the past how God in many times in many ways spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He speaks to us by His Son, being Jesus. So Jesus is the prophet. He's our, he's our final prophet. Um, so now when it comes to evangelism, I was like, okay, well, where does that end at? Like what we see example of what that evangelist is. And a lot of times that scripture given to Timothy about fulfill the role of evangelism, we would take it for ourselves as well. You know, saying like, Hey, it's, it's relatable to that. You know, we, we fulfill the role of an evangelist, you know, in our, right. And it doesn't, right. And it doesn't mean we can't evangelize. Right. And I, and I like how, and, how you gave the distinction there between the, the terminology. You know, but you know, people are gonna take that out of you well, know the context. Well, the thing is, as of our distinctions, distinctions have to be made so we can be clear about what we're saying. You know, and, right. and that's why I try to be careful not being too generalized as we're talking about this and being kind of being more direct as, as we possibly can. And so with the um, and this is like as this conversation, guys, those who are listening to this, who are listening to this on the podcast, like me and Edward did not come together prior to this and be like, hey, yo, this is what we're gonna talk about. This is what I want to say, and this is how I'm gonna feel. And do you agree with me right. on this? Do you agree with me on that? Like we're like. We're like we're working through this stuff. He said it. He's like honestly, be straight up. Edward came to this conversation more set on his view than I did. So I, I had I had a position at one point, um, working through it as we talked about it, discussed it a little bit. Um, not just me, and Edward, but other brothers as well. We was having a conversation, and I was like, hmm, I'm trying to think about this more, man. I think this would be good to talk about it on my channel, you know, because I'm not ashamed to to admit to you guys like I did with the video dealing with forgiveness. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to admit to to you guys that man, like this is something to work through. You know, saying I want to work through this, you know, and, I, and I'm OK with showing you as I work through something, you know, because truth matters. The prescribed truth is not about my truth. It's about God's truth. 
You know, we just we are the distributors of that truth that the doctor he prescribes. So I'm not the doctor. People, it's funny people be uh, hit me up like, "Oh, doctor prescribes." I'm not the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the doctor. I, I, am, I yeah. you know, said so if anything, I'm an under doctor maybe, but I am not the doctor. I, I am just a distributor of the truth that the doctor that who who already exists prescribes. You know, saying and so so this is. It's no shame for me to come on and be like, hey, man, I'm learning something like, you know, what I'm saying this is this is good. It's eating, you know, what I'm saying. And so now going back to the evangelist. So <clears throat> it's safe. To, what you're saying, and I understand you're saying you're looking through it more. And I, and I think there's something that we can both I, I want to look through more as well. So the role of an evangelist up until now, I wouldn't have even considered that that could be a part of the sign gifts. I would never put it in there with that. Um, but yet it makes sense, because what is the difference between an evangelist? And the path in the role of a teacher or a pastor, as far as the difference, like what, what what was distinct between the evangelist and the apostle and the prophet? Well, Paul was an apostle, but he still evangelized, and he was an evangelist. Yeah. You know, saying he, you know, he he was a he was prophetic in his walk as well. You know, saying he evangelized, and he was also he could he, he uh, did Paul pastor any of them churches? Uh, he didn't stick around enough. He was always traveling, so I don't think he was pastoring any of the churches, but he was moving around. You know what I'm saying? But he had a pastoral heart. You know, he was a, he had a shepherd in heart. I, I, that's safe, that's safe. I think that's safe to say. But yeah, he definitely, I mean, he shepherded them. Yeah, he, he did shepherd the people, mm-hmm. you know. But just not, not in a stationary left. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would be there for a minute and, you know, or however much time. And then he would, um you know, like appoint elders at these places, mm-hmm. you know, and then those out. And then he would kind of like, uh, you know, call call them up, yeah, write, as it were. Yeah, write you write them up, say, "Hey, how's it going? Right. I hear, I hear, I'm hearing about you. I'm going to rebuke you, get his sword." And they would, and they would be in touch with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, this is this is what's going on in the church. And so Paul would say, "I heard from Chloe's people, y'all acting up." You know, mm-hmm. uh, I love that too, man. Like Paul straight up called the source out. He's like, <laughs> he, he, you know, that's I learned from that, bro. Like, because I want to be more general. Paul was like, "Nah, y'all heard there's a problem in the church." Chloe's people told me. <laughs> yeah. So now, so now you got to deal with Chloe's people at the church. Like they they know. Yeah. And they told Paul on you, you know. <laughs> yeah. They straight ratted me out. <laughs> yo, you, yo, you ain't want to submit. God gonna deal with straight you. Accountability, man. Straight yeah. accountability, bro. And so, yeah, man. So, I, God don't play with His church, bro. He sure don't, man. He's not, man. And it, I, I want. Ah, they're gonna go something else. That's so I, I was gonna say. Like, even as far as like telling, like, hey, man, somebody who's like continuing his sin, don't even eat with such a one. Like, they profess to be a brother. If they continue to sin, don't eat with such a one. Like, man, what, how countercultural is that? You know what I'm saying? Yo, on the real, man, that's why, too, we had talked about this in the past. Like, even if this is this is so big, man, like, even with our platforms, right, on, on um, YouTube or, you know, mine with the proverbial life, yours with prescribed truth, like, we got to be careful, man. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that our pastors need to say, whether or not we can do this because that would be them overstepping their boundaries Mm -hmm. because this podcast isn't our church. The people watching aren't our congregation. Amen. Uh, You know what I'm saying? That's important to say this isn't cyber church, you know, Um, this is like a parachurch, you know, if, if that, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but it's very important that, that there's accountability around us because 
because of the nature of technology, there could be people from our church or obviously other churches that are watching us and we could be leading them astray. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so so we need to be accountable to people in our lives, you know, like I like just real practical. Like my pastor knows I have a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and he can listen to it anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people from my church my Facebook post. You know, and, and so all that stuff is important, but the reason why it's important the reason why it's heightened on my end is because I'm being held accountable by other people. Right. And that's why the local church is so that's one of the reasons why it's so vital is because a person is being held accountable. Mm-hmm. And when someone isn't connected to the local church and they have, you know, a platform, man, bro, be careful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting about the, the encouragement that comes from your, your leadership in that sense, man. Like um, during a time when there was a certain individual who was like saying I was a heretic and I was leading people into idolatry and stuff like that. And I would go to my, I was, I was having a conversation with my deacons and elders and stuff like that about the situation. And something my deacon said to me was very encouraging to me. And it, it gave me a reminder of the importance of the local church and, you know, just my thankfulness in it. He's like, he said, you're, you're a part of a local church, right? He's like, yeah. He said, we know your podcast. We listen to it. Uh, we hear you. We know you. We see you. You know, uh, we do life with you. Like, your elders, and so we are holding you accountable. It's like, we don't see heresy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, right. we are holding you accountable to what you're doing. So we're not going to we're not gonna watch you go off into the deep end. We're not going to watch you stare off and then not say anything to you. That's not, that's not, right. that's not what we're going to do. No, we're, gonna, we're watching you. You know what I'm saying? And that was encouraging to me because like, man, like I'm thankful to know like, you know what, regardless of what they may be thrown at me, whatever accusations may come, I know that they may be the only voice <laughs> that feels some kind of way, but I got elders, I got deacons, I got, you know, I got other brothers who can, who yeah. also could come to me and say, bro, you know what? The, the people who are saying it about you, they could be right, man. You know, you may right. need to check your heart, bro. That, that you could be, you could be heretical right now. You need to, you need to really think about that. And um, I, I give a prime example. I've, I've talked about this on my channel before, and I mentioned it again. There was a time when I was a teaching something, and it wasn't nothing that was going to send anyone to hell, but it was a, it was something that was false in the text of, of me how I misread Genesis dealing with the creation account. And there was a, a stranger, someone who don't even know me, hit me up and was like, "Hey, man." I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you about this text, man. You said this, and he wasn't rude or anything like that. He was like, and he asked me a question. He's like, out of what you believe is that can that be found in any historical document concerning the church at all that anybody thought of at all, just anybody, right. you know? And I was and I, and I was like, I was like, I don't know. I haven't read everybody. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he said, well, he said, hey, you should check it out, man. Something you should ask. He said, then he asked me this, bro. He said, have you have you ever talked to your elders about this view? And I was like, I said, ooh, I said, no, I haven't. He's like, bro, he's like, he's like, man, I, he's like, I, I, um, I encourage you, man, talk with your elders about this, man. Like, see what they say about this. You know, uh, he gave me his 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 view of what he said about it. And I, and I took it in consideration, but I wasn't set. I wasn't like, oh, because you told me that I agree with you. But I did take right. I did take him up on it. I did say, go to talk to my elders, man. And I'm thankful I did. Praise God for local church. Yes. I'm thankful I did. I, I talked yeah. with my elders and he was like, yeah. Okay, I get, I, I see why you would go that route, but no, this is why you looked at it wrong, and this is what you should see in a text. This is what this word means, and you know, <clears throat> and everything else, and just breaking it down for me, man. He broke it down to me like, like you know, he fed me that meat, man. And I was like, thank you, <laughs> yeah. you know, what I'm saying thank you, man, and and that's and that's the role of a pastor, 
You know what I'm saying? An yeah. elder. That's what he. That's what he's supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? And that was so encouraging to me. So I got accountability. I got I got brothers who don't mind letting me know. Yeah, yeah, that was wrong. I, yeah, you need to fix that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Let me. Can I? Let me. Um. I think this would be helpful, man, because you're really reminding me of, um, the application of this article. I think that is good for us to look at mm-hmm. for people, because when you when you mentioned that. This is why it's important that somebody ask the question, like, if I'm killing it on the block and I'm, you know, you know, I got six disciples or 60 disciples and, and me and my wife are killing it. Like, you mean to tell me I can't disciple them? And my, my answer to no, you can't, you mean to tell me I can't baptize them and we can't start a church. And my answer to him was, if you got six to 60 people, you need to speak to your elders and they should really consider planting a church in that area. Or if you got six to 60 people that, that God is rocked with the gospel, then what's a half an hour drive. Mm. <laughs> you feel me? Like what's a half an hour drive to walk in obedience uh, to God's word. And if you're born from above, like you yearn for that, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, the, the, the natural, like, obviously you got to be, you got to be steered the right way and directed, but the natural inclination for a born again child of God, like born again is to, is to, is a hunger for the word and submission to God's word. Even if it's at an infant stage, right? It isn't, I'm going to go rogue and do my own thing. It's like, man, what does God say? Like, what does the Bible say? Like, that's one of the early fruits that the spirit produces in us is a yearning to hear from God. So, so if somebody's really been born from above, man, and they go, uh, half an hour, I don't know if I want to do that. I think I'm going to just start my own church. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess in the, uh, in that context of what we was getting at then was, um, was so in the times we would, like I would evangelize this experience I've had. I'll evangelize with people or share the gospel and they'll, they'll inquire about coming to church. And in our, in our city, you know, and I haven't been to every church in our city, but in, in my opinion, and I say in my opinion, cause I haven't, like I said, I've been to every church in my city. I'm only familiar with four churches in our city that we consider that's Orthodox reform. I mean, it's like, well, not Orthodox, but at least reformed. The, um, the other ones, we got probably some other churches that probably are Orthodox, you know what I'm saying? With some other, some twists here and there, depends on where you go. But as far as I know, the ones I know that are safe are like four churches. And unfortunately, the churches are on like the other side of town. Now, won't make a difference because my actually Berean, the church I go to is, is 25 minutes away from me, 27 minutes away from me. It's actually closer for me to go to another solid church that's here in the city. But, you know, I have I have closer relations here. And so anyway, um, when we evangelize people, it would be especially in, in certain neighborhoods. These people don't, they don't have transportation, you know, stuff like that. And they don't have the transportation, you know, um, you know, they, they probably take a bus, you know, or whatever it can be, or take it, I don't know how to get around. Most time I see them, they just walking around. And so you, you invite them and you tell them about where you are. And it was like, well, I don't have a way. And then that's where it comes in. It's like, okay, well, am I able, you know, to pick them up? You know, can I commit to picking this person up? You know, most of the time they come to church and, you know, a lot of times that's not the case. You know, you want, we want it to be the case. It's not always the case. Sure, you know sure, sure. And that's where and that's where you feel like the burden is like, man, man, I wish it was a church that was closer to these people. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like where, you know, we can, it can yeah. be convenient. You know, that's what, and that's, I think that's more like where that kind of um, thought comes from. Right. But, but my, I guess my contention with that is my pushback is it's, it's when those types of scenarios are brought up, oftentimes they're hypothetical. What if, what if God saves six to 60 people? It's like, well, is that what God did? Like, is that the reality? Because if it's not the reality, like if he saves sixty six, if he saves six or sixty people, then like you really need to sit down with your elders and say, like, look, we really need to get like a van ministry because they got like sixty people that God is rocking with the gospel. Mm. Like, you feel me? Or like, like, yo, brothers at the church, like, please, like, come scoop up some of these brothers. Like, they God saved them and they want to come to church. They want to grow in grace. You know what I mean? Like. Or or reorient your life where you dropping off your family early to church and you go scoop them back up if if them being plugged into the local church is is so important, right? Because it is, but that doesn't give license to go do your own thing just because there isn't a local church that's solid. And these people are, because re- the picture is these people are really hungry. They're really desiring to be a part of the local church, but there's nothing here. Mm. My thing is if they're really hungry, then, then they'll make a way or you who've been walking alongside of them will make a way. Right. Mm. So that's, so that's, that you, so you're talking, they're being just sacrificial. What's that? Oh, maybe. Right. Oftentimes. Yeah. Um, but, but let's say it's not, let's say it's not sacrificial. Um, you know, we could have Bible studies, right. In our, in our communities, but, but long-term discipleship is connected to the local church. Right. Like it, it, that doesn't mean that you still can't continue your discipleship. Right. But, but you, you can't have like a discipleship church. That's like, you know, like, let's say a brother's leading the Bible study, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like he's not the pastor of this, like, you know, home group, mm-hmm. but he just like, wants to reach out to people in his community and now these people get saved they need to find a church mm. like they need to go to a church that doesn't mean that your bible studies necessarily need to stop right 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 but like but now you're passing them along like they're, they're not your responsibility not to say that you can't speak into their life you can't encourage them you can't but like the onus isn't on you per se like they're the lords right so they go and and you need to counter them correctly, right. you know. So, so it, it, I guess, like, like it goes back to the Great Commission not being about us, you know. Like right. it's like it's not being, it's not finding its fulfillment in our individual work, you know. Not it's not its complete fulfillment in our individual work, um, you know. It's a continual work of the body, continuing until Christ returns. And so, um, so yeah, so. Going back again, and bro, I don't know when we're gonna finish with this thing. This has been this has been beautiful. Uh, I don't want to stop, honestly. But I'm kind of like, hey man, what time is it? <laughs> and so like, no. Uh, and then we got developing dad in here, man. Come through here. You got Michael. In, you, got, you got Michael in here, man. My man. That's <laughs> like, oh man. I you know I don't know if Mike. I don't know if he ever tuned into a live stream, mom. I don't know. I feel honored, bro. Uh, Mike, man, Gri- Mr. Griffin, man, like. You got a heavy hit in there, man. Right now. Man, I don't know if you gonna hear me say this, bro. But back in the back in back in the um, and uh, what was that on Twitter? The uh, the live streams on Twitter. Uh, 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 dang, 
what them things called, man? You do the live stream, the Twitter version of live oh, stream. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I met him. Yeah, at. that's where I, I met. That's where I met him at, man. And uh, um, and uh, I forgot what it's called now, but it's. it's I want to say Patreon, but it's not. No, that's, it's, uh, you think about it, it starts you, with a you P. You think about that money, man. Stop it. It starts with a P. <laughs> no, that, yeah, it's um, uh, I can't, I can't remember the name of it now. Maybe he, if he's still in here, he'll post it. But that's where I met him at, and um, uh, you know, saying and. You know, the, the, the live streams he would do is encourage him by showing off his children and how he goes about teaching them and stuff right. like that. I know y'all did a recent podcast together not too long ago um, dealing with that subject of fatherhood and stuff like that. It just, you know, just cool to see him on the live stream, man. Just come through and holler, you know, holler us for a little bit. It was kind of cool. Michael Griffin, yeah. Developing Dad. Y'all check out his YouTube channel if you haven't. Check out his YouTube yeah, man. channel, man. Yeah, some encouraging stuff on there. Um, let me let me read something here, man. I think th- this will be good for us to, to to talk about for whoever's left in here, whoever listens to this. Um, let me go to this real quick because I think this will be helpful, man. This was really convicting to me when I read this. Um, so this is the article that I we that we've been referencing that we've never really we referenced a sentence out of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really the last two paragraphs that rocked me, man. Um, so I, again, I would encourage everybody to read this. It, it took me a little while to do it because I was just really going through it like a fine tooth comb. But it's so encouraging, man, and it, it is thought provoking, and it really just spurs you on. And really, man, at the end of this reading, it left me with a greater appreciation for my pastor. It left me with a greater appreciation of um, the body of Christ and the need for me to to walk man in holiness you know um to to walk pleasing before the lord and where he has me you know um and what that looks like in regards to the local church so i just want to read a couple of these paragraphs here um he says ministers themselves should be quite zealous to see the church adhere to the proper doctrinal standings surrounding belief and uh standards so surrounding uh, belief and practice to allow anyone to administer the sacraments would be to give up the dictates of Christ's commission to the authority of the church and to give up the historical witness of confessionalism to the truth of it quote so 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 he's talking about here like and I don't want to keep stopping but yeah I, uh, I kind of want you to like, break that down for me a little oh. bit Okay, so so to allow right, so to allow anyone to administer the sacraments would be to give up the dictates of Christ's commission to the authority of the church. So that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time mm-hmm. that Christ commissioned the apostles um, with the call to um, the, and, and and by way of that moving into the 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 developing of the church. That the uh, pastors, or the pastors and deacons, or you know the shepherds of the church, are to administer the ordinances. So that's kind of where he's going at there. So he's saying we 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 shouldn't take that lightly and just give that away. Like Ephesians chapter four verse twenty five. Therefore, laying aside falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another for his name's sake. 
What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal Bandy, the host of the Prescribed Truth Podcast, where I seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. The Lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010, saved me in 2013, and in 2017, Prescribed Truth began. My mission has been to spread the truth of God's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective. Join me every Monday for a brand new episode of the Prescribed Truth Podcast and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian Podcast community. You can also get a sneak peek of what we're going to discuss Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time live on YouTube. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.